probably the greatest martial artist who's ever lived, Bruce Lee, the dragon. He had many iconic quotes, but the one that I remember most that's really soaked down inside of me is this, be like water, my friend. Remember that, water can you know, take the shape of whatever container, water can be still and water can crash. So he says, be like water. So I think sometimes in life, but definitely in those situations where you have to defend yourself, you do need to be like water. But I wanna to add to that a little bit today and relate it to where we are right now here at church at 1111. And my encouragement to you is this, is to be like a sponge, okay? Be like a sponge. Come prepared every week and throughout the week to soak in and to absorb everything that God has for you. Because we are in deep waters, but practical waters and transformative waters as we are going through line by line the greatest chapter, I think, in the entire Bible. Romans chapter number eight, the goat. And we've been looking at the past, oh, three weeks, really, how to live a condemnation-free life. I think almost all of us here, at one point or another, deal with condemnation and that inner voice that condemns us. We deal with temptations. We deal with addictions. We deal with trying to overcome worry and fear in our life. Where is God in all of that? How do we connect with God in a way that we can live a condemnation-free life? That's what we're gonna to continue to look at today. And we'll see in our passage today in Romans chapter eight, if you brought a Bible open to Romans chapter eight, if not, it'll be on the slides right there in front of you. But we're gonna see in this passage today, the guy writing this letter by the name of Paul is making a transition. He's shifting from talking about what Christ has done for us to now what God's spirit is going to do through us. But in all of this, it's gonna help us live a condemnation-free life and to experience the freedom that God has designed for us. Check it out, Romans 8, verse five following. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So where is your mind set this morning? Where's your mindset? Where's your focus? He continues on. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires or what God desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who remain in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I've titled today's message, Self-E, Self-Capital-E. 
E. We live in a cray, cray, crazy world that has taken American individualism and the pursuit of happiness to an all-time record level of selfishness. We live in such a self-centered, me-centric, me, my feelings, my wants, my desires, my time, my this, my that. We are literally obsessing over the self in the time that you and I live in. We have found the crystal meth of selfishness in our culture. And really that's what this passage is talking about. And in this passage, he's talking about two different types of people. He's talking about two different types of lifestyles. He's talking about two radically different mindsets. So last week we talked about contrast between the law and gospel. This week let's talk about contrast between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh is focused on the self, focused on the ego. Spirit, spirit life is focused on God. Focus on flesh, focus on self, eventually leads to death. Focus on God and his spirit leads to more life. Focus on self and your flesh and your own desires and your own wants and your own pleasure seeking ends in bondage. Focusing on God, following him, freedom. Focusing on self leads to hostility with God. Focusing on the spirit and his ways leads to peace. I wanna be over here, right? I wanna have a life, I wanna to begin to understand what it means to walk in the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit, to have a life that's characterized by freedom and peace and not one by bondage and death. But that's what happens when we cave in to what he is calling the flesh or what we would simply call our self or the selfishness that resides in all of us. And, and one of the things I, I believe, and I believe this for a very long time, that I think within our culture today, also I think within the church today, that for some reason, I don't know where this idea came from, I have my thoughts, but it's a whole nother message, but we have this idea that God is a cosmic killjoy, okay? If there is a God who's out there, then this God is really out of touch, he's really old fashioned, he is really mad, and he really has a boring, horrific plan for your life. Why don't you jump on board with that, okay? And so some people think that 
following God, following the life of the Spirit, that's just gonna be boring. That's just not gonna be fun. That's just not gonna be fulfilling, right? I, I, I don't get that. So let me take a, a 20 second timeout, maybe a full timeout, I don't know. Let's just talk about it. Let's just use logic and reason for a second, if we can do that. Dare we do that in today's world? A little logic, a little reason. If there is a God, then this God should know what is gonna bring me the life that he's designed for me. So whoever invented that, I don't know, that eraser right there, something as benign and simple as the, I can't even say the word, boge board eraser, Whoever invented that eraser, wherever they are, living or dead, they know how that eraser works and how it's designed better than anybody on the planet, okay? They're the engineer, they're the designer. If there's a God, he is our engineer, he is our designer, so it would behoove us, I like the word behoove, it would behoove us to get in on his life for us and get self off of the throne and get God onto the throne in our life. Just makes, it makes sense to me. But you're probably like I am. You're one of those people that when you get something in the mail and that Amazon package comes, you open it up and you don't read the directions. We do the same thing with God, right? But God knows. And God has the right direction for your life and for my life. So in this passage, we're looking at these two different lives, a life that's all about self, it's all about me, 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 my desires, my wants, what I can get, my feelings, my problems, my worries, my anxiety, it's all about me. And this other life, is a life centered on God, what God wants, what God desires, what he wills, what he purposes for my life. Now, we have to realize this, in this particular passage, he's drawing a, a strict dichotomy. Because, you know, if we're gonna be honest here today, okay, if we can be honest here today, no one, you know, no one ever gets to a point in their life where they never think about themselves, never think about the flesh, never attempt. No one ever reaches that point. No one ever reaches the point of, you know, perfectly, you know, surrendering and submitting to God's will and having the perfect spirit-filled life. That doesn't exist, okay? It doesn't exist. Yet, at the same time, if we have received from God in Christ, salvation, his grace, then he will begin to work something in our life, give us a new heart, a new mind, and new desires to follow his will and his plans for our life. And to turn away from those, that, that drag of the flesh, that drag of the self that we are so easily drawn to. So again, I said he's making a transition here. He's making a transition from talking about justification to talking about sanctification. Justification is something that God does for us 
outside of us in Christ. Sanctification is something that God does for us on the inside by his spirit. Justification is a pronouncement. You are forgiven, not guilty. You are righteous and accepted by God. Sanctification is a process by which we grow in freedom and grow in our relationship with God. Justification is done. God's done everything necessary to accept us, to forgive us, and to make us right before him. Justification is done. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It's done. Sanctification is doing. It's what God is doing in your life, doing in my life, actively right now as we're seeking to grow in him, understand his ways, and live this spirit-filled life of freedom and peace. So justification, theological term, is about how to get right with God or how to be accepted by God. And the only way is through Christ. His life, death, burial, resurrection, we were just singing about that. Sanctification is about growth. It's about God's spirit living inside of us. It's about us receiving guidance from him, following him, obeying him, living it out in our schools, living it out in our career and the workplace, living it out in our family and relationships, living it out in the rugged plains of reality, not in our own strength, but strengthened by God's spirit, by his spirit, who lives in you and lives in me if you said yes to him. So, the question I hear flowing out of today's passage is all about focus. Focus, no. Spoiler alert right here. Football fans today, basketball fans, Final Fours right around the corner, all that. Every interview with almost every coach and every player is the same. Sorry, guys, it's the same. They say almost the same thing every game, every post game. They will say, they'll talk something about focus, won't they? Well, you know, we, uh, we just lost our focus out there in the second half. And button. Or, well, we really focused on our game plan and we, changed, we focus, 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 focus. It's all about focus, okay? Most interviews about focus. Same thing in the game of life, isn't it? And, and what today's passage is about, it's about focus. And the question coming out of the passage is, where is your focus? Is your focus primarily on you, on yourself? Is your focus on God? And his life and his plan and his will for your life. Where is your focus? Because God's calling us out, if you would, of this self-e world. And he's saying basically, stop obsessing over yourself. 
obsessing over yourself, the flesh, whatever you want to call it, that Adamic sin nature, whatever you want to call it, obsessing over that is a dead end street. You may be getting some temporary high and temporary fixes, but it is a dead end street. Stop obsessing over yourself. And that's not just for the narcissists who are watching here today. So we stop doing that and what? We start yielding to God's spirit. Yielding to God's spirit. Surrendering our lives to him. And over time, God begins to change us. Our desires change, our mindset changes in a radical way. So, how do we do this? How do we apply this? Transformation. How do we, you know, if we're talking about the spirit-filled life, if we're talking about growth, if we're, if we're talking about how do we absorb everything that God has for us, be a sponge, okay? If we're talking about that, how, what does that look like? Okay, if you're taking notes, it's gonna be about three things, okay? First of all, It's organic, that's an N. It's organic. There's a part of spiritual growth and spiritual transformation that's simply organic. Let me explain it. So last year I went to Florida and as I was driving down the road in Florida, I had the, the uh, you know, my, my windows down in the car and, and I was passing through these orange groves <laughs> And I, I heard something coming from the orange groves I've never heard before. And it was like this straining, that, like, like these trees are going, orange, like that. You know, it's like, it's like these trees are trying to give birth to oranges, orange, okay? And I could just hear these trees just groaning and straining. And finally, a boop, an orange would pop out. And I was like, what is going on? No, no, that really didn't happen. But that's kind of how we act sometimes in, in, in the Christian life, is that we're just straining, I've got to be a Christian, I've got to produce these fruits, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. I've got to produce them, I've got to produce them, I've got to produce them. Strive, just sweat. Discipline, you know. Hey, if God is in your life, if you've been justified by him, his spirit is in your life and there's a sense where you're gonna grow and he's gonna produce these character qualities, these fruits, if you would, of the spirit organically because that's who you are. An orange tree produces oranges because that's what it is is, that's what it's designed to do. So wow, we can 
kind of relax, you know? Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? Just stay, stay connected to him. And there's a, there's a sense of organic growth, if you would. It's organic. Next thing. It's, uh, it's a mindset. All right, it's a mindset. Where's your mind focused? What's your mind drilled down on? What's your mind fixated on? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you feeding your mind with? So many places in God's word, it says we can be transformed, changed by the renewing of our minds. And in Philippians 4, 8, Paul says, you know, whatever lovely, true, right, excellent, Think about such things. Roll them over in your mind, in your brain. Because we have this, you know, this culture that's out there that's dragging us down in the flesh, dragging us to be self-centered and all these things. And it's gonna put us in bondage and hostility is gonna be a part of our life. We've gotta be proactive, if you would. And we've gotta set our minds on God's truth, God's reality, and God's will for our life. So life in the spirit, spirit transformation, it's organic, it's a mindset. This next one's tough, they're all tough, it's really tough. It's, surrender. I'm having a tough time with ends today. They look a lot like R's. Forgive me. Now it looks like an H. Well, whatever. Surrender. 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 A lot of us don't like surrender. I don't really like surrender. Surrender sounds a little bit passive. It sounds a little bit weak. But you know, there's great power and strength in surrender. The guy who wrote this GOAT, chapter eight, Paul, was an absolute beast. He was a beast. He was a warrior. He would make Joe Rogan and Goggins and Jocko look like whips. It's a beast. Maybe not wimps, but it's a beast. If you read his story, there were times in his life and situations in his life and circumstances in his life that he simply could not change. There was pain in his life that he could not pray away, that God would not take away. So what did he do? He surrendered. He said, you know, I surrender. And God said, great. I'm not going to take away the circumstance. I'm not going to take away the pain, but I'm going to give you the strength, the grace, my spirit to make it through. If you live long enough, grow enough white hairs, you will discover that there are circumstances in your life there are people in your life. There are things in your life that you cannot control and that you cannot change. 
And maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Or maybe that's just the isness of living in a broken, fallen world. I don't know, but you're placed in these situations where you tried this, you tried that, you prayed this, you did this, you called this, you did this, but things simply did not change. So it's like God saying, hey, listen, if you wanna grow here, if you wanna know me here, if you wanna walk in the spirit with me here, you have to surrender and let it go, let it go. Let it go. So some of you are holding on to things, you're holding on to a circumstance, or holding on to something that may not change, and you simply need to let it go. Turn it over to God. Surrender. Just surrender. I don't mean you just... You just quit, you give up responsibility for living and all the things that God wants you to do. No, 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 you just surrender. You turn that over to God. God, this is, I'm giving this to you. This is bigger than me. I'm turning it over to you. I wanna walk in your ways in this time and in this moment, I surrender this to you. I surrender it to you, I give it to you. Problem with me is, maybe it's not the problem with you is, <laughs> that sounds great. At, 11.57 on Sunday morning, but two hours from now, I take it back. Am I the only one that does that? I turn it over, take it back, turn, turn, turn. Sometimes I discovered you have to keep turning it over to God. Because your flesh, yourself, the devil, or whatever wants to take it back, you gotta keep turning it over, you gotta keep surrender. So these, uh, three means up here of spiritual growth, organic mindset, surrender. This has got to be something we do daily, okay? Most of us here, I won't ask for a show of hands, brush our teeth every day. Most of us here, ba oh, look at us. Yeah, we're clean. We bathe. We try to bathe every day. Some of us just on Saturday, but we bathe regularly. Most, a lot of us here like to exercise. Working out's important. Motion is lotion. We're all for that, okay? Those are great physical practices we do because we want to live a healthy, good life. Spiritually speaking, if we're to grow, we've got to develop these healthy spiritual habits of setting our minds to do God's will, to do God's will, God's way in our life, and then surrendering those things in our lives that we cannot control to Him, that we can walk by His Spirit. Okay, we need to do that daily. Learn how to start doing that daily. Make that a daily habit, a habitual habit, something that we go to. As we learn to live that condemnation-free life, as we learn to grow, grow in the things of God and in the power of His Spirit. Yes, in a self-defense situation, be like water, right? But right now, right now, be like a sponge and absorb, absorb everything that God is speaking to you. 